thank you. Thank you for having me here today and thank you for allowing us to spend that time here in Jury. Okay, this paper is jointly with Jordi Caballé, Universidad Autónoma de Barcelona and Xavier Rauric, Universidad de Barcelona. And this is a macro theory paper, but I think has important I believe that that has important consequence for the applied economies in growth, for the sources of growth and for the uh, fiscal policy consequences for growth. So in this paper we study the the sector the interaction between structural change and economic growth. Uh, this relationship between these two variables has in general omitted by the literature on economic growth. In general, the literature on economic growth don't care too much about structural change. Um, why is that? Okay, the, 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 the basic tool of the, the literature on, on economic growth is the dynamic model with a unique consumption good. So, if there is a structural change in this model, this structural change is an important consequence of the economic growth. Uh, let me put an example in order to understand this point. Consider, for instance, the standard model, the standard model with two, two settles. One settle produces a pure consumption good, and the other settle produces a pure investment good. Imagine that the stock of capital is small, so the high productivity of capital stimulates capital accumulation, and this translates into a shift of resources from the consumption sector to the investment sector. So there is, uh, there is a structural change in this model, but this structural change is a mere consequence of the capital accumulation. However, recently some authors have pointed out that maybe the structural change has also important effects on the uh, economic growth. For instance, Chevarria uh, estimates in 97 that around 22% of the survey difference in the growth rate of those countries can be explained by difference in the sectoral composition. So in this paper, what we do is we consider a model with several consumption goods, a growth model with several consumption goods, and we identify two important effects of the structural change on the economic growth. The first one is what we call the expenditure effect. The structural change affect the intertemporal allocation of consumption and so the intertemporal allocation of savings by altering the relative prices of goods. So in, our, in, in these models with several consumption goods, the Euler equation that gives us the growth rate of consumption expenditure depends on the internal rate uh, as always, but also depends on the growth of rate of prices. So in this model, the dynamics are driven by two forces. One is the Diminution returns to capital, as always, but also depends on the structural change. The second effect is what we call the productivity effect. The structural change uh, generates productivity growth without any true technological change. If we use uh, developing accounting exercise, we can decompose total factor productivity into, into uh, components. One is the level of technology and the other is the sectoral composition. So changes in the sectoral composition generate changes in the total factor productivity. So the point in this paper is there is an endogenous feedback between structural change and economic growth. And what is more important is that this endogenous feedback depends on some crucial fundamentals of the economy. Depends on the capital intensive ranking, 
across sectors and depends on the structure of preference. That is, in the number of goods and the share of these goods in the utility function, and what is more important depends on the elasticity of the marginal utility of one good with respect to the other goods, what we call the eastward elasticity. So the key fundamentals to analyze the, the interaction between structural change and economic growth are these two things. Endogenous eastward uh, uh, elasticity and capital intensive ranking. And what is more important, the previous literature on economic growth uh, eliminates the, effects of the previous effects of the structural change on economic growth because they consider specific assumptions in these two fundamentals. So our point in this paper, let's consider general assumptions in these two fundamentals and let's uh, see uh, what happens. In particular, we analyze the transitional dynamics of a multi-sectoral growth model with several consumption goods, in particular two consumption goods, and we are interested in two things. The first is how important is the structural change for the macroeconomic dynamics, and the second question is the previous literature by omitting the effects of the structural change on the economic growth or ten bias effects of shocks in fundamentals, and the answers will be yes for the two questions. Structural change is very important for the macroeconomic dynamics, and the predictive literature of the bias effect, a large bias effect of uh, shocks in fundamentals. Okay, so this is the point of the, uh, the point of the paper. So if there is no question, I move to the the model. So the model is this one: is we consider artificial economy with infinite horizon, so individuals are infinitely limited. In this, is a representative consumer model. And the key ingredients are these three. We consider two consumption goods, say, it's a theoretical paper, but say, manufacturers and service. We consider two inputs, physical capital and human capital. Uh, the main results in the paper can apply to any growth model with multi-sectoral uh, consumption goods, so with several consumption goods, but we choose this model with physical and human capital in order to, to obtain a very rich dynamic of prices. Le let's see in a moment what I mean by that. And we consider three sectors. One sector produces manufacturers that can uh, use it either for consumption or for investment in physical capital. The other sector produces service that can only use it for consumption, and the third sector produces education that can only use it for accumulating human capital. Okay, so this is the basic model. In the production side of this economy, the, the production side is very simple. The three sector uses uh, Cadaglas technologies, and the key assumption is that the capital intensities are different across sectors. So the alpha is different than beta, and beta is different than pi. Okay. This is the key assumption. Oops. It's me. Maybe it's. Nice. 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 Nice.
Yes, as, as, as I was saying, some authors uh, estimate difference in the settler composition across settlers for different settler configurations. So we adopt this assumption. Okay. Uh, the rest of the, the, the assumptions are standard. Let me explain a little bit the technologies. Uh, S1 is the fraction of physical capital devoted to manufacturers. U1 is the fraction of human capital devoted to manufacturers. So S2 is the fraction of physical capital devoted to service. And U2 is the fraction of human capital devoted to uh, service. So S1, U1, S2 and U2 give us the settler composition of the economy, or the settler structure of the economy. So will be a crucial parameter here. I write also the production function in terms of human capital. So theta one is the ratio of capital and physical, capi uh, physical capital to human capital in this sector. S2 is the same ratio in this sector. And S3 is the, the same ratio in this, in, this, in this sector. So the rest is Manufacturers can be either, also of, uh, either for consumption or for investment, so this is the, the standard evolution of the uh, stock of physical capital. This sector is only for consumption and this is sector is for accumulating human capital, so this is the, the uh, evolution of the stock of human capital. So it's this, this is the Lucas model. Okay? In fact, this is the Lucas model instead because we have two consumption goods. Okay? And the rest is simple, is, is, is as always, the firms are competitive and the capital are free mobile across sectors. So the interest rate is equal to the marginal product of physical capital that is the same acro across the sectors. The wage rate is equal to the marginal product of human capital that is the same across sectors. Okay, so these conditions are standard. Using these conditions, we can decompose the GDP. Oh, let me... DGP in the following way. This is the GDP, it's the output of the three sectors. This is the output of manufacturers, this is the output of service, and this is the output of education sector. P is the relative prices of service in terms of manufacturers, PH is the relative prices of education, or the relative prices of human capital in terms of physical capital. So, so here the numerator are the manufacturer sectors. Okay, sector, okay? So we can decompose this GDP in this way a contribution of factors and total factor productivity. But total factor productivity here depends on A, the level of technology or the level of efficiency that in our model is constant, and omega. And omega is this guy here. What is important from omega is omega depends on S1, U1, and U2. So it depends on the settler composition of the economy. So changes in the settler composition in this economy generate changes in the total factor productivity. So this is the productivity effect that I mentioned before. Okay? What is important to note here is if we assume that the three sectors has, have the same capital intensities, then omega is equal to 1. And so the settler composition that does, uh, does not affect the, the, the total factor productivity. So this is why the previous literature does not attain this uh, effect of the structural uh, uh, effect because, uh, because they, in general, the majority of them consider that the capital intensity is the same across sectors. Okay? So this is the technologies. But consumers. Consumer maximize the utility function that depends on the two consumption goods. The crucial point here is theta, that is the share of the 
the consumption goods in the utility fund, so subject to the budget constraint. So the budget constraint is a standard, say that the income that come from renting physical and human capital to the firms are de uh, devoted to consumption and investment. And consumption is distributed between manufacturers and service, and investment is distributed between in uh, uh, physical capital and human capital, okay, with the respective uh, prices. Okay? So the solution of this problem uh, can be summarized by three these three conditions. The first one is the standard uh, the, uh, static condition that say the marginal rate of substitution between the two consumption goods is equal to the prices, so this uh, basic. The second is the, uh, the non-arbitrage condition for the portfolio selections that say that the rate of return plus the capital gain should be equal across the two investment goods that be equal to the two uh, capitals and this is the Euler equation that gives us the intertemporal location of consumption or the savings. Okay? And here is the, the important part of this paper because this part here is the standard Euler equation. In our model appears this boy here. So let me explain a little bit this, this Euler equation. So this Euler equation said that the growth rate of consumption depends as usual in the, uh, on the interest rate, but also depends on the growth rate of prices. The effect of the interest rate depends on sigma, that is the inverse of the intertemporal elasticity of substitution, and the effects of the growth rate of prices depends on the intertemporal elasticity of substitution, but also depends on this here, that here is the S-word elasticity. So when the two goods are independent in the sense of eastward, that is the marginal utility of one good does not depend on the level of consumption of the other good. So in this case, that in our model arises when sigma is equal one, in this case, this term here disappears because the elasticity is zero. However, if the goods are substitutes, that in our case arises when sigma is larger than, is larger than one, in this case, the growth rate of prices has a positive effect on the growth rate of consumption. And when the goods are complementary, sigma smaller than one, the growth rate of prices has a negative effect on the growth rate of consumption expenditure. So the structural change affects economic growth because it alters the, the relative prices of goods and these translating changes in the growth rate of consumption expenditure. So the, the intertemporal location of savings. Okay? Yeah. The C is, yeah, I, let me, what is, the C? is the the expenditure, is this one, C1, C1, uh, uh, C1 plus PC2, this is C, this consumption expenditure. Consumption. 
What do you mean? That this, this is the consumption expenditure normalized to the price of manufacture. What is, do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe you, your question is, um, why, what is the intuition because this? Maybe this is the, the intuition. Let me explain. This is like, is, this appears here because it's the technology that transforms consumption goods into investment. Consider, for instance, the neoclassical model, where there is only one consumption good and one capital. And these two are produced in the same uh, sector by the same technology. So the, 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 the transformation of, of capital in consumption, consumption in capital is one-to-one. -one. So this will be one and this disappears, okay? However, in, our, in, in this model, the, the, the consumption are produced in two different sectors, so we have, to, we have a technology that converts these two goods into a final good, consumption good, and this final good is, is, is given by a technology different than the investment good. So this P here reflects the, 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 how the economy transforms the final consumption good into investment or into physical capital. This is the reason why it's, it's here. So, in, uh, what is important here, if we think in the previous literature, some of the previous models in the literature does not attain this high here, even when they are considered models with several consumption goods because they consider logarithm preference. So they are considered, okay, there are several consumption goods, but these goods are easily independent. So the prices are independent. Okay, so if we have, uh, we, the point is, if we have, uh, uh, we want to analyze the effect of the structural change on the economic growth, on the economic growth in the structural change, we have to be careful with the value of sigma, because this value of sigma, and, and, theta, and theta also, but what is more important here is sigma, because this determines the S-well elasticity, and so determines the relevance of this, this term here. If you simplify to logarithm preference, you are killing this part here. Okay, so this is the, the, the first important remark of this paper. Next, I, I will give you a result that is a well-known result, but I think it's also very important for our analysis. This is result is well known. The result say the relative prices p are constant if alpha is equal beta or alpha is equal p. The intuition is the following. Imagine that alpha is equal to beta. So in this case, the two consumption goods are produced with technologies with the same capital intensities. So at the end, the model is similar to a model with a unique consumption good because they are producing with the same technologies. So at the end, the prices are equal to the ratio of the total factor, the sectoral total factor productivities that is in this moral constant, so the prices are constant. If alpha is equal pi, then the two capital goods are producing with technology with the same capital intensity. So the prices of physical of human capital in terms of physical capital are constant. But this means that at the end, this model is similar to a model with a unique capital because the two capital produces with the same technology. So at the end, we have a linear technologies. We have AK technology. So the two consumption goods are produced with the same technology, with the same AK technology. So finally, the prices of 
woods are also constant, p are also constant. So the important is when these conditions happen, the prices are constant, or then if the prices are constant, this way here are kill, is killing again. Okay? And this explains why an uh, other part of the literature does not obtain this part here. This is because they consider multisectoral goods, they consider no, uh, uh, preference different than logarithm, but they, cons they consider that the, the goods are producing with technology with the same capital intensities. So the, in these cases, the prices are constant and this disappears from here. Okay? So this is the main point of, of, of this the paper. So the next is, okay, we have this, two, this effect of the structural change of economic growth, how this affects the macroeconomic dynamics, what is the more important. So before that, in this model, we can prove that the growth rate of relative prices of goods is a linear function of the growth rate of prices of capitals. And the proportionality is given by the capital intensities. So at the end, what we do is the dynamic of the two prices are equivalent and is given by the non-arbitrage condition for the portfolio isolation. This is the dynamic of prices. And the, uh, here we have the same result as Lucas and this is why I choose uh, two capitals. Is the, the dynamic of prices are independent of quantities, only depend on prices. So we can separate the dynamic of quantities from the dynamic of prices. The, 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 the initial uh, endowments of capital determines the initial price. But given the initial price, the future dynamic of prices are independent of what happens in the, in the quantitative part of the model. Okay? So I study dynamics. I put this, but this is crazy, so forget that. I put this in order to say that to analyze the dynamics of this model, what is important is we define this, the capital ratio that is the state variable in this economy and define the consumption expenditure to capital ratio. And we write the model in terms of these variables. Okay? Uh, the, the, the dynamic system that defines the, the, the equilibrium is this one, it's amazing, but it's just the Lucas dynamics or the Lucas system for the equilibrium dynamics, except for this part here. This part here is the effect of the structural change. So my point is, Let's to analyze how this part here affects the rest of the macroeconomic dynamics. Uh, 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 the dynamics here is given by imbalance in the capital ratio. When the value of the capital ratio is out of the steady state, this generates a dynamics that leaves the economy to the steady state. And this is what I do. No? So what I do is, in order to analyze the effect of the structural change in macroeconomic dynamics, what I do is to analyze how the growth rate of consumption expenditure depends on the state variable in the capital ratio. So imagine that the capital ratio is out of the steady state. So this generates a dynamic adjustment to the steady state. How the value, the initial value of the capital ratio determines the growth rate of consumption expenditure. Okay? For the earlier equation, we know that the the growth rate of consumption expenditure depends on the interest rate and depends on the growth rate of prices. I substitute the, the, the prices of goods in terms of prices of capital, but it's the same. Okay? So in the paper we prove that the interest rate and the growth rate of prices are negative functions of the capital ratio. So, so when the capital ratio is below the steady state, so the capital ratio is increasing to the steady state, the interest rate and the growth rate of prices are decreasing to the steady state. 
So dynamics in the opposite way. However, this does not mean that the growth rate of consumption expenditure is also a negative function of the capital ratio. Why is that? Because it depends on this boy here, she. When she is negative, the two forces goes, uh, uh, goes in the, uh, go in the same direction. So the growth rate of, uh, of consumption expenditure is a negative function of um, of the capital ratio. But when she is positive, the two forces go in the opposite direction, so we can obtain different things. So, to be concrete, this is the result. Imagine that she is negative or equal to zero. So the two forces go in the same direction, so the growth rate of consumption is a negative function of the capital ratio. When the capital ratio is increasing to the steady state, the growth rate of consumption expenditure is decreasing. The important thing is, but this is the case previous analysis by the literature because this includes she equals zero. And she is equal to zero when she is equal to zero when there is a unique good, theta is equal one. There are two goods, but the preference are logarithm, or there are two goods, the preference are no logarithms, but the capital intensity is the same across sectors. So, the Lucas model or the previous models are in this case, when there is a negative relation between the growth rate of consumption expenditure and the capital ratio. However, when the C is positive, we have different macroeconomic dynamics. The growth rate can be increasing, or even we can obtain non-monotonic behaviors. So, we have here some kind of oscillations even when there is a, any kind of shocks. Okay? So when we consider that the preference are non logarithm and the capital intensity are, um, and, uh, uh, are different across sectors, we can obtain a macroeconomic dynamics that are totally different with the previous dynamics obtained in the literature. And this is the main result. However, we can think now, okay, you have this theoretical result, but I don't care too much about this result because what I, I want to know is the following. First, okay, you have this nice picture, but which of this picture is more empirical, realistic? What is the more realistic scenario, this one or this one? Because if this is the empirical realistic scenario, so the previous literature was fine. And the second question is, even when the empirical realistic scenario is, for instance, this one, there is important quantitative difference in the macroeconomic dynamics between these two scenarios. I see that in theoretical terms the, the scenarios are quite different, but in terms of quantitative, for instance, in terms of welfare, there is important difference between one scenario or the other scenario, and these are the two questions that I want to uh, answer now in order to, to close the, 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 the paper. For the per first question, what I do is to calibrate the model and see which of the scenarios are more realistic, and the, for the second question, what I do is to simulate shocks in this model and to compute the welfare and see the difference between the scenarios. Okay. So, calibration. So, the calibration is standard. What we do is, 
fix the value of the parameters in order to our model replicate some uh, features of the US economy. So this is, remember that what do I do here is to calibrate the value of she because she is which determines the, the, the more realistic scenario. And she depends on several things. First depends on the value of theta, but the value of theta is always between zero and one. So don't work, no, it's, it's not so relevant. In any case, Consamun, she and et al. calibrate that or estimate that the, the fraction of total consumption devoted to manufacturers is around 20, uh, 30%, so I take this value, okay? The other relevant variable is the intertemporal elasticity substitution, the inverse of sigma. And sigma, in all calibrations, all estimations are larger than one, so the goods are substitutes. So finally, what is important is the capital intensities across sectors. So I use the estimation of Echevarria to calibrate these, these parameters. And what I obtain is that alpha is larger than p, this is... Uh, uh, usual, be, usual because this means that the physical capital is more relative uh, intense in physical capital than the production of human capital. So this is, this is uh, clear. And we also obtain that alpha is smaller than beta. And this means that the service sector is more physical capital intense than the manufacturers. Why is that? Okay, the crucial point here is whether or not we consider housing as a service or not. If we consider uh, housing as a service, since the residential capital are in the stock of physical capital, so in this case the service sector is larger than the... the, the service sector more intensive in physical capital than the manufacturers. And this is what a lot of people do, included uh, Echevarria. So at the end we, we have that alpha is small, smaller than beta, C is larger than 1 and theta is smaller than 1. So what we do, we obtain, is that in this case, she is positive. Because she is larger than 1, so this is negative, and alpha is smaller than beta, so this is positive. So the more empirical realistic scenario is one of these. It's not the previous in the literature, but the other one. Okay? So the next is to uh, simulate the model and compute the welfare cost in this model. So what we do is, okay, I don't say before, even when she is positive, we have three possible scenarios. So what we do is uh, we take three values of the Iswell elasticity in order to have the three scenarios, okay? So what we do is simulate the model for these three scenarios uh, and compute the welfare cost of several shocks. Shocks in physical capital, shocks in technology, and shocks in fiscal policy. There are permanent shocks, okay? Um, how we compute the welfare cost in the Lucas style? We compute the welfare cost is the consumption that we have to give the consumers in order to compensate them because the shock. Okay, this is the, the welfare cost here. So a negative number here is a welfare gain, and a positive uh, number here is a welfare cost. Okay, and what what we do here is compute 
the, the welfare shock in these scenarios and we compare the result with a contrafactorial economy and the contrafactorial economy is the Lucas model a model with a unique consumption good okay so what we do finally is to compute the welfare cost in these scenarios and compare this welfare cost with the Lucas model with this scenario here okay uh, but even when we take theta equal one to obtain the Lucas model, we recalibrate the model in order to the Lucas model and our model replicate the same uh, targets uh, uh, for the calibration. Okay, so we, what we do is is this one. Okay, so let me start with the shocks in physical capital. So imagine that suddenly there is a tsunami and destroyed a lot of physical capital, and we compute the welfare cost of this event okay so let me start with p this picture that i think illustrates quite, uh, uh, quite well uh, our point so this is the behavior of the uh, growth rate of consumption expenditure after a shock on physical capital okay so this is for different values of sigma this is a, the first line is a negative shock in physical capital the bottom line is the a positive shock in physical capital. The blue line is our economy with two goods. The green line is the Lucas economy or the economy with a unique good, the contrafactual economy. So consider, for instance, this case. This is a positive shock. After a positive uh, shock in physical capital, the Lucas economy, in the Lucas economy, the growth rate of consumption expenditure instantaneously decreases and they increase monotonously to the steady state. In our economy, the growth rate of consumption expenditure in initially jumps up and then adjusts to the steady state in a non-monotonic way. There is a first decrease and then increase. Okay? So what we observe is the dynamics of this variable, the growth rate of consumption expenditure, is quite different in the two economies. And even in, in, in any other uh, uh, scenarios that you can put here. Okay? But the difference is, is, on, is not only in the picture, the difference is also in the welfare cost. So, this is the welfare cost after a shock in physical capital. The first table is the, a negative shock, a second table is a positive shock. A positive number is welfare cost, a negative number is a welfare gain. This column is our economy, two consumption goods. This other column is the Lucas model, one consumption good. But the numbers, this number or this number alone uh, does not say anything, but what is important is co to compare these two variables. The number important is here, that is the ratio of the welfare cost. And we observe is that the welfare cost in our economy is at 20% larger than in the Lucas model. And the welfare gain after a positive shock in our economy is 70% larger than in the Lucas model. So the conclusion is, by omitting the effects of the structural change on economic growth, the previous models, for instance the Lucas model, is obtained bias, a large bias effect of the shocks in physical capital. Okay? Uh, the intuition of this result, okay, the shock affects physical capital. Remember that the manufacturing sector is 
sorry, the service sector is more intense in physical capital, so the larger is the fraction of the physical capital in utility function, the larger is the welfare cost. And the, 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 the participation of the service in the utility function is larger, the smaller is theta. So, Housing, you mean? Yeah. You, know, you, you mean? Yeah. Uh, this I will be say before. You mean? Imagine that you you f consider housing as a manufacturing, not as a service. So in yeah. this case, alpha is larger than beta, so she is negative. Uh, she is yes, negative. So we are in the Lucas model here. Okay. Okay. So in this case, even in this case, our model is different than Lucas. Why? Because in Lucas she is zero and in our model will be negative. Even in this case I, I tried and even in this case the welfare costs are quite different. The difference is much smaller but um, I think it's around 8% different, uh, different but still, still in this case there is different. There is different yeah. Okay, this is the shock in physical capital. The way also do next is to replicate the same for, for instance, shocks in technology. These are shocks in technology. These are sectoral bias shocks, that is shocks that only affect one sector. And this is unbiased shocks, that is shocks that reduce the total factor productivity of the three sectors in, in proportional terms. Okay? When the shock is biased, for instance, a shock in manufacturers, a negative shock in the technology for the manufacturers. The difference between the two economies is also uh, large. In fact, a shock in manufacturers, the shock is a 48% larger in Lucas economy than in our economy. A shock in service is a 24% larger in our economy than in the Lucas economy. The welfare cost in the Lucas economy is zero. Why? Because in Lucas economy, the consumers don't care about service, don't consume service, so they don't care about the shocks in service. Okay? And a shock in the education is a 6% larger in the Lucas economy that in our economy. So when the, the, the shock is biased, the Lucas model obtains a biased effect of the, in the, in the, in the welfare cost of shocks. However, when the shocks are unbiased, the two are almost the same. There is not bias at all. Why is that? Okay, there is a small difference here because the shock is not totally uh, unbiased. Why? Because the depreciation rate of the two capital are different in this model, so there is still a, a, a little uh, distortion in the composition of the settles. Okay? So, but if we consider that the depreciation rate of the two capital is the same, so the welfare cost will be exactly the same. Okay? So the point is, okay, the Lucas model is fine when we are analyzing unbiased shocks, but it's not fine when we analyze biased shocks. Uh, this picture gives us an intuition of uh, why is that. This is the behavior of the relative prices of good after the shock. When the shock is biased, the effects on the in the relative prices of goods are permanent. The initial value is here and ends up here. Okay? However, when the bias is, when the shock is unbiased, 
the, the, sh the show have transitory effects on the relative price of goods, but have no permanent effects on the, the relative prices. So the, 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 the main uh, conclusion here is if you are analyzing shocks that have permanent effect on the relative prices of goods, the Lucas model is not fine. You have to consider a model that considers the, 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 the effect of the structural change on the economic growth. However, if you are analyzing shocks that have no permanent effect on prices, fine. Don't care about the structural change. But, but let me say a, a, a small thing here. Even when there is no permanent effect on the relative prices, there are transitory effects on the, on the relative prices. Okay? So, even when the welfare cost, the total welfare cost is the same in the two economies, in our economy and the Lucas economy, the temporal distribution of these, these uh, uh, welfare costs are different. In, in other terms, imagine that in, instead of computing the, the whole welfare cost, we compute the welfare cost in the first uh, 100 periods. Well, here is, there is minimum. Uh, compute the welfare cost in the first 10 periods. So in this case, the welfare cost will be different between the two economies. So even when the welfare cost in the interior path is the same in the two economies, the generational, uh, intergenerational distribution of the welfare cost is different in the two economies. So even in this case, we have to be care about the model. Okay? In order to conclude, I also consider uh, fiscal distortions. I consider two taxes. This is a tax on total income, this is a tax only in capital income. So a, a tax on capital income, in total income, is like a unbiased shocks. So the, there is no difference in the welfare cost. However, a capital income tax is a bias shocks. So there is difference in the welfare cost. The welfare cost in our economy is a eight, more than 8% larger than in the Lucas model. So the Lucas model is not a good scenario to analyze the effect of shocks that has uh, bias effects on, on the sectoral composition. So, so this is, this is the, the, the conclusion. Uh, when there are several consumption goods, convergence are driven by two forces, diminishing returns to capital and the growth rate of prices. These uh, forces or the existence of these forces has two important or has important implications. First is the, the macroeconomic dynamics may be non-monotonic. And what is important, the effect of shocks depends on these fundamentals. So when if we have we want to analyze the effect of these shocks, physical or capital shocks, technological shocks, uh, fiscal distortion, we have to be care, uh, be careful with these fundamentals, capital intensive ranking and S-square elasticity. We have to, and this is empirical matter, we have to fix first the value of these two fundamentals in order to obtain important results. So, and conclusions, or extensions, sorry, well, we are working in several extensions of these theoretical um, results. Uh, we think that this, our model is a good scenario to First, the fiscal policy analysis, because it's a good scenario to analyze non-uniformization of factor income, so the non-uniformization of consumption, because this distorts 
the sexual composition. But we are more interested in the third one, that is to analyze the effect of the sexual composition of the expenditure. The literature in general analyzes how is the effect for growth of the public expenditure. This is the Achawa result or the Barro uh, result. But here the important is not is not only the level of public investment, but it's also the distribution of the public investment across sectors. How the distribution of public investment across sectors affect the economic growth. This is the important point here. Okay? So the government uh, have to be careful about the level, but also the composition in this guy. This is, I think, is also a good scenario for the business cycle analysis because this effect of the structural change on economic growth is a good mechanism, uh, is a, sorry, affect the propagation and the persistence of shocks. So this is important. And finally, I think this is important for the open economy. The traditional models, when we open the economy and the capital can be mobile uh, uh, across countries, this implies that the marginal product of capital is the same across countries, and this implies the interest rate is the same across countries, and so the growth rate of uh, the growth rate of the economies are the same across countries. However, in our economy, when we open the, the, the economy, the interest rate is the same across countries, but maybe the sectoral composition is not the same across countries. So even when you open the economy, the, the growth rate of the economy could be different across countries. If we manage a little bit our Euler equation, we can rewrite our Euler equation in these terms here. So now the growth rate depends on the interest rate, but also depends on the wage rate. So when you open the economy, the interest rate is the same across countries. So this is the the standard Euler equation, so the growth rate is the same. But in our economy, when you open the economy, the interest rate are the same across countries, but the wage rate may be different across countries. And this generates difference in the growth rate. We think that in order to attain the result, we have to introduce new ingredients in the model. For instance, we have to suppose that the, the, the two goods, one is tradable and the other is non-tradable, the service sector should be non-tradable. This is not a problem. In general, it's, it's the case. Moreover, we have to assume that the human capital is not free mobile across countries. And finally, we think that we have to introduce some imperfections in the production of the non-tradable good, the service. Imperfections like capital externalities or public inputs in the production of, of non-tradables. In this case, we think, I, I don't know, I have not proved it, uh, uh, for the moment. In this case, I think in the open economy, the interest rate is the same, but the wage rate may be the different. So this implies different growth rates. Okay? And that is all. Thank you for... for you mean when I open the economy? No, no, service. 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 What I say is that I have to consider that the human capital is not free mobile across countries. I think I have to impose some uh, cost of mobility, uh, language, uh, or something like that. No? But see, it can be tradable. Yeah.
The important is service. This is why I split the, the service and education in two different sectors in order to that. Because I, I, don't say, I didn't say before, but if I consider that instead of three sectors, two sectors, that is, I merge the service and education sector in one sector. So imagine that there is a sector that produces a, commo a commodity like books or computers that can, only, can, can be used for consumption, but also for increase the stock of human capital, the result in the paper still maintains. Okay. Thank you.